Hey, everybody. Welcome to Muscle Maven Radio. This is another solo episode. I'm going to try to keep it short. Uh, I'm going to try to do one or two, maybe shorter episodes every month. Uh, Let me know what you think about that. Um, But I decided if you're watching this this podcast on YouTube, I decided to move uh, to a different space in my office, get in front of a window. So I've got some natural light. It is kind of overcast today. Um, But I wanted to get in front of the natural light. I don't have a ring light on. I've got some makeup on, but this episode is about healthy skincare. And so I wanted to show some skin as it were. Um, But this episode, before you say, I'm not interested, or maybe I'm a dude, I don't need skincare, or is this just going to be an advertisement for a skincare company? None of that is accurate. What I want to talk about today is that your skin is a very, very direct indicator of your internal health. Um, Healthy skin is great for our mental health, self-esteem. There's lots that we can be doing both internally and externally to have healthy, beautiful skin. And it's just sort of another part of robust health um, is having this beautiful, healthy, resilient skin. So it's something that I've cared about for a long time. As a woman in my mid-30s, it's something that is increasingly important to me. I'm just being honest. I want to have nice skin. I want to look good. um, And I don't want to have to cover it up or think about it too much. I just want to look the way that I feel on the inside. So think skincare is important. I think it's underrated. I also think it doesn't have to be um, as expensive or time consuming or annoying as people think. Um, So I'm going to go over some things and you'll see me kind of looking off because I'm going to look at my notes here. But what I want to talk about is I'm going to break down as briefly as I can some lifestyle habits. So things that you can do on a daily basis to support healthy skin. And then I'm going to talk about products that you can buy if you're into it and use and what a basic, I think, good skincare routine is for most people. Of course, you can adjust that based on your goals and your skin and your level of interest. And I'm going to talk about some ingredients, some skincare ingredients to avoid um, and some to look for, some ingredients that are generally across the board good for our skin and for our bodies that maybe we um, didn't really know about. So I'm going to go through all that. I'm going to try to make it as quick as possible. If anybody has any questions about, um, anything that I talk about, you want to go into it in more depth, as always, leave me a message. You can reach out to me on my website, ashleyvanhouten.com. Send me an email. You can reach out to me on Instagram at the muscle maven. I am going to talk about a couple products that I like, but that's not the thrust of this episode. Um, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm really just trying to tell you some things that worked for me and why I think that this is an important topic. So without further ado, here we go, guys. Okay. So in no particular order, here are some lifestyle habits that I think can benefit um, from the inside out uh, and, and contribute to you having good skin. And this, of course, is directly related to your digestion because it's pretty common knowledge that if your digestion and the food that you're eating isn't agreeing with you, one of the main ways that you're going to see that 
um, in addition to having suboptimal digestion is having issues with your skin. And I'm not going to dive necessarily into like autoimmune issues um, and how that can impact your skin. That's a whole other kind of topic. I'm just kind of speaking to general health and people who um, are not dealing with anything acute or specific, just sort of in general. Um, so a couple points here. Food-wise, collagen, no-brainer. You guys know I talk about this all the time. It is a protein. It's not a complete protein, so it's not something that I would say supplement with this all day, every day, and then you don't have to use your whey protein or eat your animal protein or whatever. It's a supplement, I think, um, something that you can add on to a healthy diet that directly supports skin health. Um, and collagen can be in the form of powdered collagen that you put into a smoothie or your coffee, like my company, my favorite company, Bubs Naturals, that makes really good collagen. Um, you can also get it in the food that you eat. And if you're drinking good quality bone broth, um, eating your bone marrow and things that contain collagen, it's basically made up of amino acids that specifically nourish skin elasticity. So it can help kind of plump up your skin, which is essentially minimizing wrinkles. Um, if you have that sort of thin papery skin, it's just going to make you look more plump and supple. Um, it also addresses things like hair health, nail health. It's addressing like the keratin and the things that make up your, um, hair and nails as well as skin. So it's basically a beauty product and it actually was marketed as such for a while. Um, before it was a health supplement, collagen was in beauty products and still is um, because of the positive impacts that it can have on the quality of your skin. So collagen's a great supplement if you're looking to improve that. Animal protein, guys, no brainer. Keeping the sugar low, um, lots of healthy fats. So this is another thing that I think women often, um, forego because we've been taught and programmed for so long that fat is bad. Um, it's negatively impacting our skin because healthy fat nourish the skin. Um, things like fatty fish, avocado, um, things with omega-3 fatty acids, foods that are high in antioxidants and anti-inflammatories, um, like things like blueberries, Organ meats, guys, it takes guts. Get on your organ meats. Um, and we know that things with lots of sugar, vegetable oils, processed foods, these cause inflammation in the body, which then causes inflammation on your skin. And this can show up with discoloration, hives, rashes, acne, dry skin, all kinds of things that um, you may not necessarily directly associate with what you're eating because it doesn't always happen immediately. Some people eat and break out in hives. Some people it's like you've been eating crappy for years and also your skin is kind of not great. That's not your highest priority, but those things are directly linked. Um, so Again, I don't need to belabor this point, but animal protein, low sugar, lots of healthy natural fats, um, colorful fruits and vegetables, things that are high in antioxidants are going to be great. No smoking and drinking. I feel like I don't have to get into this too heavily either, but drinking dehydrates you, which dehydrates your skin. Smoking, I mean, you're blowing smoke into your face. Um, we can tell the difference. There's studies, you can see it online. People who 
have smoked their whole life and who haven't and the effect that that can have, of course, on yourself internally, but also, you know, on your skin and the way it looks. Getting good sleep, being well rested, um, the deep sleep cycle of your sleep cycle. You know, there's four main stages of a sleep cycle. That's again for another podcast. Um, but the deep sleep portion is when your body is going into recovery mode and is using its energy to fix everything, digest, recover, attack the parts of you that are sore or inflamed. So if you aren't getting good sleep, if you aren't able to go through these cycles and hit that optimal amount of deep sleep, your body isn't able to do those processes and and attack those things that it needs to while you're relaxing um, and shutting down those other parts of your body. So you really want to get good sleep. Um, Everybody knows the difference between someone who looks well-rested and someone who doesn't. I mean, you guys know, anybody that's listening that isn't 21 anymore where you can kind of get away with it, when you've had a couple nights in a row of bad sleep or you've been up drinking all night and then you have to wake up at seven to go to work or do whatever it is you're doing, like you can look in the mirror and tell immediately the difference, right? So I I don't need to, I think I don't need to convince you of this. Keeping the booze low, keeping yourself hydrated when you are drinking. Smoking's bad for you, period. Okay, we can move on. Okay, another big one is sun exposure, smart sun exposure. Um, And this is something that now that it's finally getting warmer and I'm getting a little bit of a tan, I'm feeling good. I feel like I look better, Um, but this one can be kind of controversial. Please take what I'm going to say with a grain of salt. I am not a dermatologist, um, but I believe that we, again, kind of just blindly sort of follow some rules that may be a little outdated, a little maybe not in our best interest sometimes when it comes to sun exposure. And I'm speaking generally for um, a large swath of North America that doesn't live in the sun all the time. So we go months without getting it. And then when the sun comes out, we kind of freak out and go outside and get burnt and the cycle continues. But there are ways we can be more intelligent about this and it can help our health, our overall health and our skin health. Um, So sunscreen tends to be one of the sketchier skincare products out there in terms of ingredients um, that can potentially be harmful, um, that we are not really aware of. And we, there's more fear behind sunscreen than like other skincare products, because we're told if you go out in the sun and you're not protected, you're going to get skin cancer. Um, these burns, the sun exposure is bad for you. It's prematurely aging you, all of these things. Um, a lot, the majority of regular over-the-counter sunscreen contain endocrine disruptors that can mess with your hormones that are bad for your skin. And that are also, uh, not only blocking like the harmful rays that will burn you, but also the good rays that are giving you vitamin D um, that are important. So we want to be careful when we're choosing sunscreen. Um, We want to get vitamin D. Most Americans, most North Americans do not get enough. And the best way to get vitamin D is absorbed through the sun. Of course you can supplement, of course you can eat foods high in vitamin D, but there's nothing better than getting it through the sun. And if we are constantly covering up, slathering up, we're not getting um, the vitamin D that's gonna be so beneficial for us. So there are a couple of things you can do. Um, There is some research out there and I'll put some stuff in the show notes um, that you can absorb vitamin D 
better um, when you're also absorbing it through your eyes as well as your skin. So maybe practicing periods of time that you're outside, that you're not wearing sunglasses all the time. Some studies are showing that you burn faster when you wear sunglasses, um, that you tan better when you don't. Um, so this is something to think about. Again, I'm not, this is not medical advice. I'm not telling you never wear sunglasses again. I've been wearing them a lot less um, recently because of this, because I'm experimenting and playing around. If you're driving in the direct sun, if you're reading, if you're out all day, like put on your sunglasses, it's more comfortable. But I think some people, we again are kind of taught like it's bad for you. Don't go out in the sun, um, put your sunglasses on, protect your eyes. And we're meant to be exposed to the sun. We're meant for our eyes and our skin to see and absorb the sun's rays. So just practicing doing that in a healthy measured way, I think is important. Um, I tend to practice smart sun exposure, um, rather than wearing sunscreen all the time. So most of the time when I'm out in the sun, I can control how much time I'm out there. Um, so what I do is I just alternate times that I'm in the direct sun, um, versus times that I go back into the shade or the cooler, I go inside. And really a lot of this is kind of common sense and practice. Like if I start to feel like I'm getting warm, if I start to feel like, all right, if I'm out here for another couple of minutes, I'm going to start getting pink. If I'm a little overheated, I know it's time for a break. And this is going to be different for different people. If you're more fair skinned, you're not going to be able to be out as long. Um, I tend to tan pretty easy. So I don't, I maybe don't need to be quite as vigilant, but I also don't need to be out there as long if I just want to get like my little golden glow. So it might be if I'm sitting out on the deck reading a book, I'll kind of go in and out every 20 minutes or so um, and take a break and drink some water and whatever. Um, I do tend to cover my face a little bit more because the skin on your face is more delicate. Um, it's more prone to getting wrinkles. Um, your the tops of your hands and your neck is the same. It's that thinner, more sensitive skin. So if you want to wear a hat, if you want to put some good quality sunscreen on these sensitive areas that, you know, get burnt again, common sense. I just think that we need to approach the sun more as a, um, an aspect of health and something that we should be, um, sort of reveling in rather than something that we should be afraid of. Um, I think that our lack of exposure to the sun and vitamin D is more of a problem, generally speaking, than being exposed to the sun too much and too frequently. Um, so we can talk a little bit about better quality, um, sunscreen, if that's something that you're interested in. Um, but I'll also talk in a minute about, um, websites and resources you can go to, to check your favorite brands or check potential brands um, for the safety of their ingredients. So you can kind of do your own research there. Okay, drink. Staying hydrated is also very important for your skin health. All right, so now I'm gonna talk a little bit about skincare routine generally speaking, high level. Um, and again, this goes for men and women. This is for everybody. Everybody has skin. Everybody should want healthy skin. I would say the first step is to know your skin type. Do you have dry skin? 
oily skin? Do you tan easily? Do you burn easily? Are you prone to acne? Are you prone to red blotchiness? Are you, you know, all these things. Do you have really sensitive skin where you've tried different products and you've broken out? Um, you know, just because JLo, for example, has amazing skin, it doesn't mean her routine, her skincare routine is going to work for you. My skincare routine may not work for you because we have different lifestyles and different skin. So you can do things like there are online quizzes. Um, there's one from Primally Pure, which is my favorite skincare company that kind of helps you determine what products or what ingredients may be helpful for you and what kind of routine is going to optimize your skin. Um, you can see a dermatologist, you can go to professionals who can help you determine what type of skin you have. Um, but I think that that's important before getting started because you can't just say, okay, I want to have good skin. Um, my friend uses this product. So here we go. You know, um, so it's important to figure out what your skin type is first. I think it's also important, and this is something maybe that men need to be told more than women. Women probably already know body and face skin is different. And so the way you treat it should be different. I'm not a big proponent of having 20 different skincare products. Um, I don't think you need to overcomplicate it and spend a ton of money, um, but it's different. The skin on your back and legs and butt is different than the skin on your face, right? So uh, the skin on your body generally tends to be thicker. Uh, the skin on your face, like I said, uh, chest, backs of your hands is thinner, more delicate, more sensitive, um, more prone to being burnt, more prone to wrinkles and things like that. It may be better to use more specific and lighter and more sensitive products on places like your face and hands. Exfoliants, for example, if you're using a scrub in the shower, that's not the scrub you want to use on your face. Um, so pay attention to that too. And hot tip, since we're talking about it, take care of the backs of your hands and your chest and neck. So many people focus so much on your face, but this sensitive skin elsewhere ages and is affected. And if you are doing all kinds of great stuff, you've got this perfect ageless face, but the skin on your neck and hands is has been neglected, you're going to notice that. So those are so, sort of some special spots you want to pay attention to. Um, you might also want to consider having a seasonal approach to how you take care of your skin. So if you live in a place like I do that has different seasons um, and severe weather changes, I live in a place that goes from incredibly cold and dry to very hot and quite humid, the stuff that you use for your skin, your routine is going to look different. It probably shouldn't be exactly the same um, because you're going to be, your body's going to be reacting in a different way, right? So those are things you might want to consider. More hydrating, thicker, richer products, maybe in cold, dry weather, um, lighter, um, maybe just different, a different approach. So that's, again, something that you will find out through these quizzes and working with dermatologists. But um, considering that you sort of can change your diet, you can change your lifestyle, you can change your workouts, maybe depending on the season, you probably want to do that with skincare as well. Um, and I would say another problem is don't overdo it. Don't over clean. If your skin isn't dirty, don't wash it. Um, if you just had a crazy workout and you're sweaty, okay, you're going to want to wash your face. If you have a full face of makeup, 
try not to go to bed, clean that, clean that off. It's going to clog your pores. If you live in a big city like LA or New York, and you know, you've got some kind of pollution and um, air quality issues, you're going to want to wash your face. But I know a lot of people who do like a full skincare routine at night, washing their face, prepping, putting all this great stuff on. And you get up in the morning and you wash your face with soap. You probably don't need to. Um, I do find that people who tend to overdo it, they are going to have issues with their skin drying out, maybe some hypersensitivity because you're just doing too much that you don't need to. Um, you're going to end up stripping some of the healthy oils and, and stuff and bacteria um, from your face that you don't need to do. Um, so sometimes less is more. It's kind of like the minimum effective dose of like working out too. It's just like pick products intelligently and approach your skincare, um, with what's the most like basic, basic approach that I can do. That's going to be healthy. That isn't going to like overdo it, um, and cause issues. And I would say, generally speaking for most people, what you would aim to have in your arsenal for your face is some kind of cleanser that you would use maybe not every day, some kind of exfoliant, so something that's gonna um, keep your skin fresh, get rid of dead cells. Again, you're probably not gonna use it every day. And some kind of moisturizer, and that may be something that you use every day. Uh, some stuff like masks, they're really nice, they're fun. You can do those once a week, up to a month. Um, there are things like facial brushes and rollers that can help with lymphatic drainage and blood flow that may or may not make a massive difference. I've seen some people um, who have issues with like puffiness and inflammation find a lot of help with some of this, like basically facial massage. Um, that might be a step too far for some of you, but it's fun, right? Like I think that we should approach skincare the way we approach exercise and things like that. Make it a self-care act, make it something that feels good and is fun and isn't time consuming. It isn't a burden. It's like you work it into your routine before you take a shower, um, a couple nights a week or something like that. It's something that's fun that you enjoy. That's something you're doing for yourself. You're investing in yourself. That's how I like to think of it. Okay. Next up, we're going to talk about ingredients to avoid and ingredients to look for. Um, this in itself could be an in-depth podcast with a professional. If you're interested, I'd be happy to do this, um, but there are plenty of websites and apps out there these days that will tell you about specific products. You can input the product you're looking at. Um, it'll talk about the quality of them. It'll talk about the potential toxicity, um, the danger of those ingredients, the ethics of their practices, all kinds of things. Um, and I'm not gonna say that every ingredient in skincare just because you can't pronounce it doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. I know a lot of these ingredients have scientific names for like plant extracts that just because we don't recognize them or we can't pronounce them doesn't mean they're toxic. Um, so I'm not saying that every product that, you know, doesn't have three ingredients that I recognize is bad. Um, but there are some kind of overarching ingredients that you generally want to avoid when you're looking at kind of overall toxic load and some ingredients across the board that tend to work well for people. Okay, so I'm talking a lot. I gotta just hold on here. 
I still find it weird to just be talking into a mic without somebody else, but I think some of these quicker episodes, this is just more efficient. So going to keep going here. Okay. Stuff to avoid. Phthalates starts with a pH. I'll put this in the show notes. It's a compound that usually is under the sort of fragrance umbrella. So many products have just added fragrance. Um, they're essentially perfumes, but it's they've been shown, again, to be pretty significant endocrine disruptors. This can cause issues with hormones, um, with development in young people, um, harmful for the environment. Um, a lot of places outside of the U.S., a lot of retailers have started banning um, these ingredients. Um, synthetic fragrance, if you just see the term synthetic fragrance, it's the same thing. It's just a blanket term because a lot of this stuff is not regulated um, for a bunch of chemicals and ingredients that they just don't have to disclose. Um, like a lot of perfumes that just say fragrance. We have no idea what that is no idea what that chemical compound is. And again, not to say it's necessarily toxic, but they don't have to tell you and you don't know. So something to think about. Um, parabens, you guys have probably heard about this. Um, they often start with words like butyl, propyl, ethyl, parabens. These have been linked to hormone disruption. They're preservatives um, that are found in a ton of cosmetics um, and other skincare products. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's gotten to the point where now it's like a trendy thing to label something paraben free, just so you know that that is not in it. Um, it's probably one of the most well-known ingredients these days that people are looking to avoid. There was a research paper, this is kind of old now, um, that found traces of parabens in breast cancer tissue samples. Um, so the FDA currently is saying that they're considered safe because most products use a very small concentration of these ingredients. But what I go back to is overall toxic load, right? So if you have one product that contains a tiny amount of this bad thing, your body can probably excrete it, get rid of it. It's not a big deal, but we are exposed to so much uh, toxic material on a daily basis and so much stress um, from the air we breathe to the cleaning products we use to the skincare products we use to possibly the plastic that our food is coming in and so on. So we want to constantly reduce this toxic load. So even if one of these things isn't deadly, the combination of all of these things over and over and over again, repeated use for days and months and years can add up, can cause some problems, can be stored in our tissue in our cell, in our cells, in our fat tissue, it can be a problem. So if we can choose products that don't have these potentially harmful things, why wouldn't we is kind of how I think about it. Another one's aluminum. Um, this is a metal that can have estrogen-like effects in our systems. Um, another endocrine disruptor. It's found in a ton of products, um, most notably deodorant, um, because it's something that effectively I believe kind of blocks off the sweat glands in your pits so that you don't sweat and don't smell as much. Um, and this is a personally for me has been quite a journey because even when I was moving over into healthier skincare products, I was still using pretty bad uh, mainstream deodorant because I just couldn't make the switch. You know, people talk a lot about switching to natural deodorant 
it's never as effective. You have to go through this period of your body, like detoxing and you smell even worse and just kind of all of these horror stories changing to, um, natural deodorant. And it took me a bunch of different products and I tried a bunch of different things. I finally found one. It is from today's show sponsor. One of my favorite companies, primarily pure. They have a charcoal natural deodorant that is not abrasive. I find a lot of natural deodorants that have like a lot of um, baking soda and other kind of essential oils can irritate um, the sensitive skin there. And a lot of natural deodorants I found made me smell worse. Like they just were not effective. And I just was kind of like, all right, I gotta, I gotta use the toxic stuff because I can't stink. I just, you know, that's like not part of my, part of my life. So it took me a while to find the product that worked. And after a couple weeks of like consistent use, I was like shocked by how effective it was. I'm at the point now where I like can go a couple days without putting deodorant on and it's fine. I generally smell less. I generally sweat less. The product's amazing. It's nourishing my skin instead of making it feel worse. Um, so it can be done. Aluminum is in most mainstream um, deodorants. It's something you probably want to avoid and it's worth the extra work of finding the deodorant that will work for you. Another risky ingredient is mineral oil. This is a petroleum byproduct. It basically coats the skin and clogs the pores. Um, so it's gonna interfere with your skin's ability to eliminate toxins through things like sweating. That's the same as um, aluminum. So it's in a lot of creams, lotions, things like that. Um, you never really want to block, like coat your skin in something that's going to um, disinhibit your ability to, for your skin to breathe essentially. Um, so mineral oil is another one to look out for. There are a ton more. And so I will tell you, I can't do this all day. I want to keep this short, um, but you can check out some websites like Coast DNA. It's C O S D N A.com. I'll put that in the show notes. It's a website that lists basically the safety of every skincare product you can imagine. You just input it and it will give you all the information and it'll break down every ingredient. So it'll even tell you overall, this has like one bad ingredient, but a bunch of good ones. This one's generally better than this one. Um, because I know we can't all be perfect all the time and make the perfect choices and use everything natural and perfect all the time. But if you can just be informed and make informed decisions and make better choices with the options you have available to you, you're going to do better, right? Um, another place you can go, another resource is an app called Think Dirty, um, which also does the same thing. You can put in these products and it will tell you, um, it'll give you kind of the rundown on what's good and what's not so good. So check those. Um, like I said, it's important to manage your toxic load. So one little mistake isn't a big deal, but when we are putting the stuff on our body, in our body all day, every day and not paying attention, um, it can cause problems. So last but not least, I'm going to talk to you about one major ingredient that I think is beneficial that we maybe don't think about in the skincare world as much. And you guys might roll your eyes because you're gonna be like, of course, Ashley is gonna talk about this, but I would urge people to consider animal-based skincare products. As with food products, they are some of the most nourishing, nutrient-dense ingredients. 
they're largely left out of the skincare conversation. Our ancestors, like our ancestors, have been using nose to tail animal products for everything from clothes to medicines to food. We've also been using it as skincare uh, forever, but it's sort of like plant plant based skincare is like this buzzword. And yes, a lot of great skincare is full of plant-based ingredients that contain antioxidants and anti-inflammatory properties. And that's great. I'm not saying that vegan skincare or skincare with plant extracts is bad at all. I'm just saying that animal products can be very beneficial and very nourishing too. And it's not usually part of the conversation. Um, so I think it's something to think about. And when we're talking about animal-based products, we're basically talking mostly about tallow, grass-fed tallow. So that is animal fat. It contains, and this is this goes for eating it as well as putting it on your body, contains high concentrations of vitamins A, D, E, and K. They're not really found nearly in the same amounts or at all in plants. Um, certainly not as bioavailable. So again, that kind of goes more to eating, but they're paired so perfectly with this fat soluble activator in the tallow. So you're more uh, able to absorb it. So vitamin A encourages the production of your own collagen. So if you're also taking it in, but you produce your own collagen, elastin, healthy skin cells, it strengthens tissue. So it just makes your skin look smooth and supple and firm. Vitamin D, as we've talked about, contributes to skin cell development, repair, uh, immune function, which is great, um, and protecting against free radicals that cause premature aging. So that goes back to sort of lifestyle factors and being stressed and toxic load and all these free radicals that are damaging your cells. Vitamin D helps combat that. Vitamin E is a powerful antioxidant that repairs and reverses free radical damage. Again, is deeply hydrating. Uh, vitamin K plays an important role in your skin tone, texture, overall health. It soothes skin inflammation and irritations, helps speed up the healing process. I mean, this stuff is like a no-brainer, right? Uh, Grass-fed tallow also has uh, CLA, conjugated linoleic acid, which is anti-inflammatory. It also has palmitoleic, I think I got that right, acid, which has anti-microbial uh, properties. So, I mean, it's the best, like it is so nourishing. It's something that you should certainly be taking internally, but also on your skin, your body absorbs what you put onto it through your skin. So do you want to be putting tallow, the stuff that you'd be eating for optimal health, that's full of all these bioavailable vitamins, or do you want to put some product that has a bunch of ingredients that you don't know, or at the very least, that are known chemical uh, endocrine disruptors in small doses, right? Um, so something to think about. And that leads me, of course, this is at the end now, so I can tell you, the show sponsor, Primally Pure, my favorite skincare company I've been using for going on maybe five, seven years now. They are based in animal products grass-fed tallow, as well as essential oils, plant extracts, shea butter, um, bee pollen, just delicious, nourishing from nature ingredients. Every product has, you know, maybe a dozen or less ingredients that you can read and understand and you know exactly what they are. 
Um, I've been using this company well before I was an ambassador for them, um, before they supported me through sponsorship. So I will sing their praises forever. Um, I have a discount code for you. It is, of course, Muscle Maven. If you go to primallypure.com, they do have a skin quiz. So you can take it, figure out what kind of products you like. They will suggest some things for you. Um, but I love their company. I'm actually doing an IG live with them pretty soon um, to talk about organ meats because the founder has started incorporating those into her diet. She started this company because she was living on a farm and had this leftover tallow and realized how good it was for her skin. And she started making products. And I mean, truly they can be life-changing for people. If you have skin issues, if you have inflammation, um, it's just incredible like how transformative putting nourishing healthy products on your skin can be and how good it can make you feel. And those products are, um, her healthy products, they aren't like you're settling, you know, like a lot of people who come from like luxury skincare, um, feel like, okay, well the healthy stuff, like it's not going to smell as good. It's not going to feel as good. This stuff is absolutely decadent and incredible. It's not that expensive as far as quality skincare goes. Um, I can give you my recommendations from their lineup. Their body butter is amazing. The charcoal deodorant is amazing. Um, but if you have any more specific questions about skincare, um, about how to get started, how to learn about it. Um, if you have specific skincare issues, I can have a dermatologist come on and speak to this um, because I know it can be really stressful and really distracting um, to people when they're having skin flare-ups. I had an issue for the first time ever in my life. I talked about it a little bit at the beginning of quarantine when I was um, eating really high histamine foods, superfoods, healthy foods like avocado and bone broth that I thought were serving me. And because of some other issues and stress, they were affecting me in a way that they normally didn't. And I was breaking out in hives. And it's, it sucks. Like it's not, it's not a fun thing to go through. And if we can avoid it through lifestyle factors, through choosing the right skincare products, why wouldn't we? Right. So that's it. I'm trying to keep it short. I know I'm a talker. I hope that this was helpful. Um, skin health is part of overall health and it feels good to look good. So I encourage you men, women, old, young, um, wherever you come from to dedicate a little bit of self-care and a little bit of time to taking care of your skin and feeling good about it and enjoying it. It's a beautiful thing. It's fun. Um, and it's good for you. So without further ado, I'm getting off here. I've talked too much. I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you here next week. Um, check out all the links in the show notes and, uh, have a happy, happy, healthy week, you guys. Appreciate you.